on today's show, we're going to be talking about whether we're all in practice political moderates now. But before that, please subscribe on Apple or Spotify so that you get notifications of our future episodes every Monday. And if you want more episodes, we do bonus episodes every Thursday on Patreon. So, so my thesis, and I have we haven't talked about this first. No. So I want to see what you think about it is... I was thinking about how modern day fascists are all moderate fascists, right? Georgia Maloney, right. Marine yeah. Le Pen, Jobbik, arguably, in Hungary. Mm. So it's like, you know, Georgia Maloney, Prime Minister of Italy, hasn't even deported migrants. No. Not to, the, to a rate that is particular. No. I mean, that hap- every country does that, right? Like the UK does that, the US does that. But I always thought that if a fascist of any stripe, of any kind, got in, things like mass deportations would happen. Yeah. And it's not like that's outside the conversation. Louise Perry and Douglas Murray called for deportations just a month or two ago. Yeah. So this is part of the general discourse that is not actually on the extreme edges of things, particularly regarding immigration. And then I was starting to think, well... Why is it now that the only successful fascists are moderates? And it's not that they necessarily, you know, are that and that's just what... They, but it's like, that's the only way to be possible. Things have shifted because there is no longer a street movement. There's no longer mass movements that bring fascists to power. Right. So, again, like it's not like I think, oh, in their hearts of hearts, they'd love to be classical fascists, but just can't. I just think that actually you're constrained by what you do and that goes... Sorry, you're constrained by what is possible. Mm. And that goes for all political colours. Yeah. And so I was thinking about how if Jeremy Corbyn, the former leader of the Labour Party, who is a radical far left socialist, he is. Yeah. If he came to power, he would have been a moderate social democratic reformer. Yeah. Why? Because there is no socialist mass movement mm. upon which someone like that can come to power. Right. And then I was thinking like, yeah, if I, in an alternative universe where this wouldn't happen, if I got elected, what could you possibly do? If you were prime minister tomorrow, but it's not like you have a mandate for the social reorganisation of society right. because you haven't been swept to power on the back of a movement, even if it's through the ballot box, to have that movement there making new things possible and kind of pushing the Overton window you know, radically to the left, I'd probably just borrow some social democratic reforms from the continent to do with rent control and Scandinavia to do with like the prison system in Scandinavia, rent controls from France and the Netherlands, and some of the banking policies of Germany that are quite nice to families of, of three and over children. Things that already exist, but, yeah. but in the UK, because we're, we've always been considered as like backward man of Europe, we consider just like outrageous or the fact that it's not based on a market mechanism. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is socialism. It's like, not really. I'd probably nationalize a lot of things mm. if possible. But, yeah. ag- but again, when you're elected and then you don't have this particular sort of base who can then help facilitate consensus for things. Yeah. De facto, far left radical socialists like Jeremy Corbyn, 
end up being moderate social democratic reformers and then fascists end up being moderate fascistic yeah reformers so it's like you know maloney and her getting rid of lesbian parents on well the second parent on birth certificates this sort of thing is like reactionary horrible whatever we want to term it but it's not the historical vision of what we thought would happen and did happen when fascists came to power, which was the internment of homosexuals. Yeah, I think it does have to do with how, how, what kind of power that these people have when you control like the executive ship. So like a prime ministership or a presidency or whatever, you're not actually given the power, as you say, to radically reorganize society. It's not how it works. There's also the parliament and the judiciary and all the other bits of government. So, for example, in Venezuela, everyone take a drink, you know, um, there's a communist, um, Maduro, who is president, but the parliament is still liberal and conservative, and the judiciary is largely liberal, for example. Um, The economy is still owned by private firms that are based in the US, it's still dominated. It's Chavez and Maduro have made efforts to centralize things where they can, reinvest oil profits back into social programs through Citgo, the the state oil firm, for example, but the majority of the the majority of the economy is still made up of private American firms. Yeah, but the whole point if you get into power, particularly if you're a fascist or if you're a socialist, you can direct the police and the army yeah. if you have them on side yeah. to do all kinds of social reorganizing, rightly or wrongly. Yeah. Right? So it is still a quite a big thing to be made head of state. Yeah. And so wait, so Maduro doesn't have the majority party. No. He's just was elected president. Correct. Okay, well, this is a silly system like America. For me, it has to be that you get the majority party yeah and then you're the head i mean maybe it should be both there's an election for both yeah actually though maybe that's exactly what they have that's exactly what they oh, have. okay yeah no okay i take that back <laughs> <laughs> i take it back it shouldn't really be about personalities that then don't have much power after necessarily but anyway i was thinking about how you know with the fall of the soviet union and this oh it's the end of history yeah It's not like that's true outside the West, but, and I don't think that was necessarily true at the time, but that has kind of become true in the the social reorganization of socialism and of fascism is foreclosed. Yeah. Based on what I'm saying, Mm. it is just that you can try to mitigate capitalism I don't really know what Maloney's doing to mitigate capitalism as a fascist. I don't know what their strategy or wishes really are, particularly apart from these weird, very traditional ideas of the family being right. straight people. Yeah, and being very anti-surrogacy and, you know, talking about immigration but not doing actually very much about it from what i can tell people in italy are still very upset about the level of immigration i don't know if fascists are against surrogacy maloney did a big thing with the pope against surrogacy yeah but that's not because she's a fascist no that's to do with being a traditional catholic yeah at least in public i mean she's this is a woman that had a child didn't get married her husband sorry her boyfriend 
they broke up because he was sleeping with various people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She just dropped him. Just dropped him. Yeah. Well, anyway, but my point is, is where we are today, so little seems possible in terms of anything other than capitalism. Yeah. But I know people have always said that, but it, now it's so true in practice it is. that you could run the experiment of Jeremy Corbyn getting elected, we wouldn't have socialism. We would run the exper- We have run the experiment of fascists getting elected. They do not impose classical fascism. If Marine Le Pen yeah. gets elected in France, she's not going to do what I would have always expected, which is deport migrants. Yeah, Marine- on on mass. Marine Le Pen said um, that that immigration reform they passed in France recently about banning migrants from having state benefits for five years, and there's a few other reforms basically she said it's the biggest political victory of my life like she was like this yeah yeah so they're all reformers now yeah in a very i'm not saying it's not significant but it's nothing that changes the structure of society and in the last century certainly before the end of it there was always this idea that with these three models you could have Mm -hmm. capitalism fascism socialism yeah and it just seems like now it is just capitalism and particularly unmitigated in the UK, but even elsewhere, I mean, I, I guess the continent is much better on these things than us. But my other thing I wanted to bring in, so what sparked this in my head today was a news site. Let me bring it up. It's a kind of, okay, it's like a Twitter thing of this guy called Guido Forks. It's always been this right-wing news site, whatever. The point is, he announced that Jeremy Corbyn and Laura Pidcock, who is a gender-critical socialist, former MP, Mm. she got ousted in the last election in favour of a Tory because of Brexit. But I suspect she will get in this year if she stands, because no longer is the general election going to be about backing up Brexit. Mm. So she'll probably be an MP by the end of the year. So anyway, she's a nice socialist quietly gender critical woman who's like a sensible working class woman from the north of england and we all know who jeremy corbyn is and guido Fawkes announced that that they would be starting a new party for the next general election against labor and well standing against every other party and she tweeted saying oh, i really like jeremy but this isn't true yeah and w- some people have speculated about this partly because jeremy corbyn is not allowed to stand as a labor mp They've, he's going to have to stand as an independent in Islington. He'll probably win because he's really beloved there. But this is how much they've fucked him over. Yeah. And what people don't understand is that the left at this present moment and in recent times is not like the right. The right are willing to be bold and brilliant on their own terms. I don't think they're brilliant, but on their own terms. The left, for some reason, is not. Yeah. And there is just this entrenched pessimism and it goes beyond tribalism I mean, it it is like a weird, it's like a masochistic tribalism. Yeah. That I don't believe that Laura Pidcock and Jeremy Corbyn would form a new party if they were offered a billion pounds to do so. Yeah. I don't believe if someone, some billionaire socialist somewhere said, I will give you a billion to do this. We need a left alternative in this country. And it's, it's reminded me of the way that 
this masochistic relationship that left-wingers have with the Labour Party and sometimes with trade unions reminded me of the masochistic relationship that women on the left have with left-wing men. Yeah. Where you get treated like dog shit, both in a personal way and political way, and they keep staying and they keep coming back and they will not leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's the same thing that left the left puts up with, you know, real leftists, socialists, whatever, in relation to both trade unions, but but certainly the, the Labour Party. Yeah, it's interesting in the UK that you had this this party with this really valiant, very cool, very radical in some ways history of like you know your politics are so dominated by the aristocratic class and the labor party came around to speak on behalf of the labor movements and working people and the fact that socialism isn't a dirty word in this country in america you'd never be elected you'd never be allowed on any ballot you would be completely destroyed if you had the word socialism anywhere near you that was part of the part of the things that they used to get bernie sanders basically was like, how do you want to con- like the, the the whole country is so entrenched in a kind of religious anti-communism. But just to say, you're not wrong, but the critique from the left, and I think it's true, is that the Labour Party has played a similar role to the Democratic Party oh. in America in that it sucks up left-wing radical tendencies into this big, hyper-controlled, boring like machine of ineffective reformism where they want people to be passive members of their party and actually in many ways it has been a block to labor movements weirdly enough and the, the one victory that people you know were really excited about was tony blair getting elected he took the word socialism out of the constitution yeah he you know, Labour were the first, before the Tories did benefit cuts, they the Iraq war, all these different things shifted Labour so far to the right. But even prior to that, the Labour Party has often been a bit of a block to the Labour movement in terms of sucking up its best energies. Yeah. And, that, and then not, and then misusing them. Despite this history, um, and despite the word, the fact that you could do the word, you say the word socialist that it basically has the same function as the Democratic Party in the U.S., which is just to take off all all kind of revolutionary potential. And what I don't understand, well, I do understand it in the context that you just laid out with Blair and so on, that country could have such dismal trade union rights. Like, union busting is not very illegal here. You don't have collective bargaining rights, the workplace safety. I saw some woman on Twitter going, someone's like, oh, why aren't things open 24 hours in the UK? And this smarmy middle-class woman's go, we actually have workers' rights here. And I really regret not quote tweeting it and being like, the state of workers' rights in the UK is much worse than the US in every measure. Just because you have this Victorian kind of European slow pace society that allows Sundays off sometimes, that you don't have collective bargaining rights. You, you barely have unions that are worth anything. They don't do anything. No. You, it's basically legal to union bust. You have a, you only got a minimum wage like 10 years ago. Like, what are you talking about? How many years ago was it? It was over 20 years ago. But it, recent, it was the end of the last century. In recent memory, yeah. So, but yeah, the Labour Party does just suck up all that revolutionary en- en- energy. And you're right, I think wh- how... The bureaucratic 
nature of it, I think that's something that really stuck out for me in Mark Fisher's Capitalist Realism is what he called this like neoliberal Stalinism, Mm -hmm. that everything is sucked up into a bureaucratic structure and it's all done through the internet and there's always an online living document of this bureaucratic thing that we're fighting over and it's just well it slows everything down which takes the wind out of things yeah and you basically just have to wait till momentum goes away that's what they did with jeremy corbyn for his election in 2017 when he nearly won the election and did much better than anyone expected the labor party machine in their hq their headquarters just didn't do much campaigning for him and essentially sort of tried to be on the sidelines yeah because they would prefer to not have a socialist... They would prefer to have a Tory government than a socialist government. That's reality. So that's the thing as well, that this idea of tribalism and loyalty, a lot of the time, again, like the left is afflicted with it, the right or not, loads of Labour MPs left under Corbyn. They joined the fucking Liberal Democrats. Yeah. Like, they were never called traitors or splitters. Yeah. And I think it's because the left, a lot of the time, is doing this out of our hearts And maybe those MPs, okay, everyone knew they were doing it just for career and self-advancement. So therefore it was on their terms the right thing to do. Whereas, yeah, they would just be called traitors, basically, if people on the far left did that involved with Labour. But there is something about the left lacking dynamism and the right not lacking dynamism that I can only put down to the winds of history blowing in their direction and not ours. But a lot of the time now it just blows in the way of liberalism. But like, it's like when Trump said, oh, I'm going to stand and people just laughed. I remember when the betting odds were like 60 to 1 for Trump. And imagine, yeah. if, imagine if you then put money on how much you would have got back. And even just thinking in like a way, it's not even creative. It's just the idea that you would have prospects. So today when I commented, I, I replied to Laura Pidcock's uh, tweet and said, oh, but you should, you should start that party. Someone said, oh, what would be the point if you only got one to two MPs? And I was like, sorry, UKIP only had one to two MPs. Yeah. They pressured the Tories into having the Brexit referendum and won. Their entire political project was a success. Why can't the left think there needs to be a left alternative in this country to pressure the Labour Party into being something like a real Labour Party? There would never be an appetite for it. And I just don't understand it. But it's so strange. Like, I don't know how people put up with, like, like Jeremy Corbyn. Like, I have a friend who has a friend yeah. who was part of his, like, inner circle of advisors, staffers, whatever. And he said to this woman that was working for Jeremy Corbyn at the time, so what happened when he was just, like, being, co- you know, pilloried in the media constantly? Like, in 2017, The Sun, how they campaigned for the Tories is they put an image of Jeremy Corbyn, like cartoon-like, a photoshopped in a bin and said, Bin Corbyn. Like, that's just that's just one example. Like, they literally came after him, his wife, his children. They called him the worst things that you could be described as in this society. I'm surprised, to be honest, they didn't call him a paedophile. Yeah. And she, and she said, because he said, oh, how did he cope with that? And she just said, he lost his mind yeah no one like this is not an open thing the man lost his mind yeah like he couldn't cope he wanted to quit he went to meetings and said i don't want to do this anymore i am being destroyed 
publicly and everyone just said, well, you can't, you're not allowed to quit. So he was basically very honourable in that he wanted to, I guess he could have, but he said, look, what does everyone else want me to do? But the fact is that still, and I'm not saying he's not a brave man, he doesn't have like a spine of steel or whatever, I'm sure he does, but there is something about the fact, like, why do you stay? It's like staying in an abusive relationship. Yeah. Where? Yeah, why do you stay? And he said, like, you know, all even this thing of when he first got elected, he was like, I want a kinder, more tolerant politics. It's like, yeah, that's that would be nice, honestly, if it wasn't just a bunch of, like, rats in a barrel, like... I don't know, bite each other or whatever kind of metaphor we'd use for how slimy and grotesque and low politics is. But he did that then and he opened his arms and said, I'll bring in this, um, you know, person who's not particularly on the left as an MP. I want you to go. And he actually thought they weren't going to be snakes. And like, who was around him? I would have been like, you need to build a wall of steel. The only people who are around you are people who are loyal to you and share your politics. Diane Abbott, John McDonnell, Laura Pidcock, the guy in Leeds whose name now leaves me. <laughs> like people, people who are absolutely like this idea that you want it to be a broad church. You don't. And these people will knife you in your sleep. And that's what they did. There was all of these mass resignations organized to try and topple him. Why did you bring them in? Like, I, I don't understand. Like, if you've been in politics for that long, you must be able to recognize snakes. Yeah, it's the same with Bernie Sanders. Very similar thing when, like, Elizabeth Warren tries to rat fuck him, basically, and said that, you know, oh, he said a woman couldn't be president, which is not what he said. He, and he, he he was like, oh, I've known Liz for a long time. You know, these things happen. He was like, Joe, Joe's a nice guy. Like, we've got we've gotten along for a long time. But it makes you think that they don't want to win. And this is when you become very skeptical of electoral politics. You just think, well, these people aren't serious. Yeah. They're not serious about winning. And I think for them, a lot of them are like nice men from their community that were involved in the civil rights movement in the 1960s and 70s. And they have all that lovely idealism from that time. Some of which was very good and very nice. And they've just carried that through their entire lives. And they haven't actually, like, their subjectivity is, like, nice, soft man. And mm. then they end up just being completely fucked. But the thing is, is, like, now that Corbyn isn't even allowed to stand as a Labour MP, but he's still a member, but he's not allowed to stand as a Labour MP. Like, what do they need to do? Because I think if Keir Starmer went into Jeremy Corbyn's house and did a shit on the floor, Jeremy Corbyn would just clean clean it up. Yeah. He'd just clear it up and he wouldn't say anything. He wouldn't be there, like, filming it for TikTok to embarrass him and oust him like they would have done if he'd ever gone and shat in anyone's house. Yeah. On the living room floor. Like, there has to become a point where, like, what what needs to happen? Yeah, I just think that... The, the, yeah, those men that were involved in the civil rights movement, they're lovely, but they don't really have what it takes to be to 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 be those to to protect yourself against those snakes and in fact rat fuck people back which is sometimes something you need to do in politics this idea that we want a nicer kinder politics that's lovely but that's also just not what politics is and i think that in terms of like capitalist realism and not not being able to imagine or think of something different to the status quo i think i mean i think we've touched on this you know, similar topics previously, but I do think it has a lot to do with the 
uh, refusal and denial of and um, avoidance of speaking about uh, sexual politics in any way, shape or form um, from the left. The left sexual politics has been fuck whoever you want, sexual liberalism, there's no ethics, we don't care about women and children, we don't care about anything. And there's there's no consequences to fucking anyone and everybody. Exactly. And um, that has been a disaster in every metric that can possibly be measured. Depression, uh, levels of male violence, uh, prostitution and pornography. I mean, the big one is fertility rates and birth rates like we're heading towards a societal collapse if we don't we don't have anywhere near replacement so i think the right has introduced a vision for these things particularly for young people even if not the elect you know the people in mainstream electoral politics in the uk have or whatever but the right does in fact have some sexual ethics And I think that this is all very convincing and very salient and very important for young people. Well, the right has sort of admitted that things are really bad now and they've been bad for like 15 years plus, but definitely since 2008, since the economic crash. Yeah. And whilst they don't blame that, they do blame liberalism and liberals and they're not wrong there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then they say, essentially, if society was better in the past, let's return to the past. Now, that's not actually possible, but I can see what they're trying to do there. What is the left's vision? Yeah. Because I'm trying to work it out by going, if I was elected, I'd do some European social democratic reforms. And that's actually what was in Jeremy Corbyn's manifesto. Really good policies. But because the centrists in the Labour Party managed to make it that at conference, a democratic motion was passed, motion was voted on and passed, to have a second referendum. So therefore it became, do you really want Brexit or not? And people really tie their ideas to Brexit as, I can't take more Labour competition. Yeah. I can't take more competition for houses. Or or wage depression. Yeah. Yeah. So because of that, everyone in the North who traditionally voted Labour, the Red Wall collapsed. Yeah. And Laura Pidcock was part of that, right? She's up in, I think, Durham. Mm. Now she'll probably get back in. A lot of other people who are of Labour will get back in. But I don't think Labour will win the election, actually. No, I don't think so either. I think, I don't, people go, oh, but look at the polls. Jeremy Corbyn was like 39 points ahead. Didn't It didn't matter. It just didn't matter. Because the reality is, on the one hand, a lot of women will not vote for Labour because they've said quite openly that they'll destroy women's rights. I know that Keir Starmer has tried to do a U-turn, but once someone has already said they'll destroy your rights, you don't really trust them. And that woman, um, Annalise Dobbs, the women's minister, women's inequalities minister, weird name, just keeps keeps making statements that makes me think that they truly believe they can have their cake and eat it too. Right. They truly believe that they can have self-ID and single-sex spaces, which you cannot. Well, you, that is the point. You know it's because they all see that they all think Tony Blair in '97 triangulated by having the left wing base and moving to the right. So they try and do that on other issues where they go, "We're going to give everybody what they want." Yeah, it's not possible on this issue. It's a very black and white, dichotomous issue, actually. 
the idea that they're the PMC and they're experts yeah. yes. and that they will have through the power of the greatness and elite thinking a better way of doing things that satisfies everyone. And it's just, it's impossible. It cannot be the case. No, it can't be the case. And yeah, I think that we're really living in a time of total capitalist realism where people cannot imagine another system. They cannot imagine anything different. And it's just a race to the bottom in terms of electoral politics. But I think the key thing for the left, speaking about the left and its kind of electoral reform land kind of left, is uh, sexual politics, basically. I think that they've completely shot the bed in that realm because the 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 left liberals in particular their sexual politics is what whatever 20 whatever men want to do sexually we need to protect that and in fact need to celebrate them for that that is basically their yeah. sexual politics and it's led to um you know societal collapse in terms of like male female relationships yeah. in terms of families in terms of everything else on top of the economic pressures that make it impossible to have a family basically and the right understands this the right pays attention to i'm less so in this country definitely in the u.s and canada where they have a political tradition going back to reagan of the more the moral majority were, that was all about sexual politics. That was all about abortion. That D was all about... David Cameron, when after he got elected in 2010, brought in a marriage tax allowance where you got taxed less for being married. Now, I don't think it was very much. I think it was a couple hundred quid a year. But yeah. it meant that people felt supported yeah. and thought, oh, oh, that's good. Like, £300 a year is still a weekend away. Yeah, but I think it's something much, much deeper than that in the US. Yeah, but what I'm trying to say is, yeah. you're right. They are explicitly, we want to support marriage. Yeah. All of the Tories that supported gay marriage, it was on the basis that they supported marriage. Right, yeah. The same way that, but then Tories have really, they obviously they cut support for mothers and stuff like that, but that's about trying to not have single mothers, right? Like they're, yes, but again, yeah. that's still a sexual politics yeah. intervention. yeah. But it's it's like the most important issue on on young people's minds. It's a hundred percent anything to do with sex, sexuality, reproduction, um, the red pill movement, everything. It's like the most important thing on young people's minds. Yeah, and it's because social relations have completely collapsed in that area. Yeah, and I don't think someone like Jeremy Corbyn, bless his little lovely hippie nineteen sixties heart, really has insight into anything. Well, he wouldn't be aware of that because people, he was very much and probably still is in a bubble and no one would say to him, do you realise that celibacy rates are at the same rate they were in the medieval period for people in their 20s, Jeremy? Yeah. And then he'd be like, oh, that's interesting. What's that about? And he'd be like, well, dating app culture and pornography. Like this, he will have never had these discussions. No. About like the absolute social rot that pornography and anonymous dating apps have created. Yeah, and it's a problem on the left in general. They just refuse to think or talk or have any kind of deep thought about any of these issues whatsoever. On the level that they they think about or talk about anything else, they just they 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 can't they can't have it. No, that's true. I mean, they'll even implode every organization they ever have over sexual scandals because they yeah. just will not say 
actually there has to be a curtailment where if you want to, they wouldn't even say, if you want to go and be sexually depraved privately, or even in a way that doesn't affect this political thing we have going here. Yeah. But like, for God's sake, stop collapsing at this, like, the you know, the tent that we've built here, like stop setting fire to the house we've built that we call our, you know, ex-left-wing sect organisation. They will never blame the man for what's happened or just say, like, can you just fucking stop it, please? Stop being a pervert in a way that is detrimental to us politically. And I don't even understand. It's, it's, it's to the extent, like, the avoidance and the refusal to talk about it that they won't even speak about it in ways that aren't limiting to male sexuality. They won't even say, for example, we'll make it easier for young people to get married. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll do, um, universal childcare. We'll do like even reforms that are about women and mothers. Sometimes we'll talk about, oh, you know, in general terms about starving children and food banks, but in these specific ways of like, this is how we'll help women as a group. They won't do it. And now, and, and for now it's because women don't exist. Sex isn't real. Women aren't a political category or a legal category or a category of any kind because you can just declare yourself a woman while having a, co- a cock and balls. Which but puts same-sex marriage in a very weird position. Totally weird position. <laughs> Who are having these same-sex marriages then? Yeah, but they can't even allow themselves to accept. So they can't say things like, oh, we'll do universal childcare. We'll help mothers go back yeah. to work. We'll, you know, whatever it is. They, they can't allow themselves to even but, say that sort of thing. But they, it is just the left in the West. So I assume it's tied in with the way that the second wave developed. Mm or didn't develop in line with the left or like, well, certainly the UK erupted through breaking with the left and the US certainly didn't get on with the left particularly. Some people did, some didn't, but it was quite independent in many ways or certain sections. But it's like Bangalore, a city with 8 million people, 15 million in its metropolitan radius. So this is bigger than a lot of countries in Europe. They've made transport, public transport entirely free for women. Yeah. So yeah. they know who a woman is. They know that actually it's, it's women are more vulnerable. So therefore it's actually more important that women get home safe at night, women and girls. And since it was brought in over a billion free rides, like a billion times it's been used. Right. If you suggested in the UK mm-hmm. to have free transport for women, people would potentially think that there was something so psychiatrically wrong with you yeah, that maybe yeah, yeah. you need to be sectioned. It's true. If you were to be like, hey, Annalise Dobb, you know, Minister for Women and, and Equalities, because obviously things can't just be about women, but Annalise Dobb, Minister for Women and Equalities, how about for the next election you do, these are the ways in which labor will improve the lives of women. And you talk about that explicitly in terms of social benefits or whatever don't don't you know bring in other issues like this is just a campaign just about how labor will improve things for women women only would never happen no even if you were to say something like okay let's not say women but you know teenage girls say yeah 17 to 19 because i think transport i think transport's free till you're 16 so let's say 16 to 19 yeah young women yeah. That are much more vulnerable than other people in society, free transport extended to them. Yeah. Never. No. I mean, they just look at you like you're crazy. And this yeah. is left wing people. If you said, well, you know, in Bangalore, 
they've got it for all women and girls. Yeah. It just would not translate. But it's, I find, what I find odd is this, yeah, it's a masochistic relationship. Why, I ask why feminists stay. Yeah. But I also ask why left wings people stay with the left. And it is an anti-feminism, ultimately. Even if they say that they're feminists and they do some nominally feminist things, I think there is something about left-wing women in particular in particular, and male loyalty. And on the right wing, obviously, that exists as well through marriage and the family and other things. But there is something about, I think, because in their minds, they think left-wing men are the soft, lovely, squishy, nice kinds of men that if you point out to them, no, there is a power imbalance between men and women. Men as a class oppress women as a class. Therefore, we need special um, accommodations specifically for women that cater for women. We need to have an acknowledgement of this sex class oppression. They left wing women do not left wing women respond much worse to that. Yeah, than the right, than right wing women. women. They do. They do. They do. I can only think that it's a tribalism thing. How can you insult my tribe? And they only really see the tribe as men. Yeah, because men are the universal subject. And I assume that it's that right wing women. Are, don't have this sort of fake utopian pretense of optimism that you could that's have true. this ideal world where they know there's good and bad men. That w- That's what they would accept. Yeah, yeah. Whereas left-wing women actually don't accept that there's bad men. Because as soon as you'd bring it up, they go, oh, do you mean migrants? Are you racist? No, I do not just mean bloody migrants, though I don't think they're more angelic than the rest of men. Yeah. Oh, do you mean... Maybe they would be okay with you saying it about, like, aristocrats? Or like public schools, like yeah, sc- yeah. sex scandals in public schools. Like they're okay to kind of shove it in with class, yeah, but they're true. also okay with the public school scandals because it was intermale. A lot of those schools are single sex. Yeah, exactly. So it's intermale. And it's like when the Communist Party woman in Durham, in fact, said when she heard about this, it was, it was in the press, I remember reading it myself, about this thing where basically kind of toffs at Durham University, which is kind of like behind Oxford and Cambridge, but it's also quite posh, where they'd played a game where they were like, try and shag a local girl. And th- then one of them had raped a local girl. But but it ha- it said try and shag a local, because obviously they didn't need to say on this leaflet, girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was like, oh, you know, it didn't say girl or boy. It didn't say man or woman. Yeah. They were just looking for a local. It's like, no, you know, she tried to make out like this was about class oppression, these posh people coming and raping poor people. It's like, no, posh people don't rape poor people. Men rape women. Yeah, you can even see it in their like prison abolition. Like the li- the liberals love this stuff. They have this like folk hero of like poor, vulnerable young man who's been socially deprived so that means that he rapes and kills women and he's a pedo because he's like so socially deprived it's like that silly thing they did in scotland where they're like if you're under 25 and you rape a woman we'll just let you out of prison it's fine because you're a poor vulnerable young man they i they really cannot tolerate even for a single second this idea that men as a class oppress women as a class because they have these narratives about all these lovely vulnerable sweet angelic young men who do these this, all the raping and killing and you're right if you try and bring it up they'll they'll either accuse you of racism they or or they'll they'll talk about oh the social factors the, they often cause. will say that you're dividing the class by having another class 
in your mind, like men and women, another class category. Yeah. Other than class, economic class. But then if you say, well, actually, it's really dividing class for working class men to be raping working class women. How do you expect a rape victim to go on a picket line with her rapist? But it just doesn't mean anything when you say this back. But I, I understand why women accept a masochistic relationship with men. I don't understand why left-wing men accept a masochistic relationship with the Labour Party. Still. I just think most of them aren't real, to be honest. Most of them aren't real, like, socialists. Jeremy Corbyn is. Yeah, but most... John McDonnell is. I think a lot of the a lot of the UK Labour Party, even the ones that would call them Corbynites as socialists, are social democrats. The way that one woman who's in the Communist Party and got treated like shit by the Communist Party, she even said, oh, they published my book, but if they'd read it, it was on women and class. It was just total socialist feminism. Had yeah. nothing to do, really, with radical feminism or thinking of men and women as classes in terms of sex yeah didn't have that language was very just socialist stuff about women women as workers and whatnot she said if they'd read it they wouldn't have published it yeah the only way i got it published is they couldn't be bothered to read it and i remember i never explicitly asked her why do you stay when you're treated like garbage and you're like a dignified accomplished, respected woman. Yeah. And she just said, almost like, it. she kind of just said, well, look, I'm a communist in search of a communist party, but also, you know, I'm." she basically said, I'm at the end of my life. If I was young, like you. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of think it's a weird thing of tradition. Mm. Like, I need to be of this group and in this... in very very moderate like basically non-existent infrastructure (laughs) like but it gets to the point where like you're clinging to like the wreckage of a ship here yeah yeah when you could just build a new ship that would be bigger right away i just would think i just think we live in a time i mean personally reflecting on things i read and you know things i'm interested in it just feels like we're living everything is in the past yeah talk about everything in the past you read books it's uh, set in the past you read you watch television it's set in the past it's your ideas your imagination your future everything exists in the past there's a thing called stuck culture Mm. that's been written about and there's a twitter account i follow just seems like a normal man or a bit of a right-wing man it's called like lindy man and to call things lindy means something but i don't know what it means anyway he talks about stuck culture all the time and how people are wearing, as we know, like the same things in the 90s. All the films are remakes. Mean Girls is coming out again. Yeah. A new version. And even if you look at video games between 1991 and 2001, they're so different. Whereas the ones between now and 2001 are very similar. Yeah. Just this stuck culture. And I think it's true. And I could only think it's that, I don't know, we don't have the growth of industries. Like I presume it's economic and material somehow. Yeah, I think it has to do with the fact yeah, that we've reached the end of history. We've won. There is no frontier in which to push against. There is nothing new in which there is to, there is to discover. The only important and meaningful way to discover new things is through the market and through ways we can make profit off of. We've made profit off of everything, every resource, to the point where we're now extending the profit motive to human attention. Yeah. You know, like this is the next bit of real estate. <laughs> the, is atten- how much, the attention economy. The attention economy. The human body, you know, through cosmetic surgeries and transgenderism and surrogacy and everything there is just nothing new to discover there's nowhere new to be plundered really i know they think they found 
gas under the sea in Gaza or near Gaza. Mm. And then people are saying that American companies are apparently snapping up like land space in Gaza after it's been leveled. Yeah. But essentially everything's been plundered. But then I just think, I kind of wish I could check with like someone living in China or somewhere living in Guatemala, like just random places and be like, so is your culture still evolving? Just I think it is. Okay. I think it is. I think it really does have to do with capitalism. And I'm trying to be clever and remember the citation, but it was something that Adorno, was it Adorno? Who did the um, Theater of the Oppressed? I can look it up. Yeah. And it had to do with, you know, capitalist art reaching its limits with the end of markets like with the with the with the extent in which markets can push themselves into is the extent in which art can be created augusto ball yeah 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 augusto ball well just to bring it back to the theme of the episode though china is also a moderate form of communism well i don't know about that i would say that they're a wartime kind of communism it's a mix of market and planning Yes, which is very much, the reason I'm pushing back on that is very much in line with what Mao Zedong wrote. It's very much, not. A, it's not an aberration of what Maoism actually is. But communism yeah. is not meant to be market. No, communism isn't meant to be market. However, you do need a certain point of development before you can embark on communism. Yeah. China was a very backwards <laughs> I think, I think, country. But I think they might have developed. Yes. <laughs> like, when's, when's the point? Like, they're kind of going to be the largest global economy. Yes. So I just wonder when that point is, but it just made me think of this moderation thing. But And Xi Jinping is more Marxist in orientation than previous leaders have been. They've eliminated extreme poverty. They are starting to put limits on market forces in China, but it's very much in line with Maoism that that you have to have developed to a certain point before and and, and socially developed the mode of of production developed, not just accumulate But is it because their economy is still expanding in a way that the American economy is not? It's just a debt economy. Yeah. I want to know, you know, is India, is Brazil, is China coming up with new cultures every subcultures every 10 years like yeah. we used to yeah yeah is fashion changing as much as it used to is music changing as much as it used to i just don't know though i know it's crazy like i know there's getting old right and when you get old sometimes you see trends that when you were a child are now popular among young people and you think that's a bit weird that's part of being older However, I do think the cycle has to be shorter. It has, yeah. It, it is objectively shorter. It used to be 30 years. So in the in the 1990s, it was like a bit of a 1970s aesthetic was very cool. Like it used to be this But even 30... then, no one brought back bell bottoms. No one was dressing exactly the same. I see teenagers yeah. on the train dressed exactly as I dressed. Yeah. Down to the brands. Yeah, yeah, Down to the... And I'm like, wait, they make those jeans still? Like, what? I thought all those skater things went away and... No, they're, like, they're exactly the same. Whereas in the past, you could dress up, like, you know, for a 70s party. You, you didn't see that on the train. Someone yeah. dressed like it was the 1970s in a normal way. Yeah, yeah, and I, I see what you mean. Yeah, I think that there's always been, from what I understand, in like fashion history, this 30-year cycle, where basically 30 years on, elements yeah. that were popular 30 years ago reincorporate um, in this kind of cycle. 
But I remember it was, it's now the whole thing is Y2K. That's only 23, 24 years ago. It's now the, the yeah. early 2000s and 2000s Which fashion. Is, it's just 20s. Yeah, yeah. It's just like 10, 15 years ago, the fashion is coming back from then. But it's, and it's carbon copy. It is carbon That's copy. That's what's really odd. And I just feel like maybe, you know, even this thing that everyone's home now, that is their starter home, ends up being their forever home. Yeah. Everything is so stagnant. Yeah. And it's even that someone gave this explanation about why now cinema is rubbish. Yeah. Because it's not just that everyone moved into TV and cinema prices, my local cinema, it's £18 per person to go to the cinema. It's also just that it's just remakes. It's like yeah. Marvel, Green Monster Movie 4. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's no new culture. Yeah. It's really... It's decay. It's decay. It's like yeah. the end of an empire for sure. It's really, really odd. And I assume that part of this wanting to cling to organisations like the Labour Party is sort of hoping that it might be like it was in the past. Yeah. But the Labour Party was okay or socialist so long ago. The left have always been fucked in the Labour Party. Yeah. Fucked sideways. Yeah, yeah. For decades, really. Jeremy Corbyn was the the upset and the shocker yeah. was not the precedent. No. When he got allowed to run... They always allow a left winger on the the candidate ballot. Yeah. To say, oh, look, we're a broad church. Then when he won, that was honestly the last time that something new happened in politics that I remember. Yeah. Because I was like, wow, I I remember because I worked I worked in IT and I had I didn't have a limit on printing. And I went in early and I printed four hundred. <laughs> vote Jeremy Corbyn for Labour leader posters and I put them all over central London and I even had like a taxi driver take one and put one in the back of his cab probably against window regulations or whatever for for taxis but that was the last time that I thought there's a chance to break with history and have a new future yeah and it it went away so fast yeah and even it's all the ruling class is not even pretending to put on the kind of show of democracy they mm. used to. The difference between the Tories and Labour in this country is pretty slim. It's um both like it's like a semantic difference, really. In the it's certainly and it's always been that way. They, in the they US. make they make different noises, but in the end, you end up with very similar things. Very similar. And it's the same in um, the U.S. It's been that way for much longer there. Democratic and Republican Party are not different in a policy. But but when there was a huge difference, I think more, there was more of a pronounced difference in the 1970s, Thatcher came in yeah. and reorganized things. And there was no pretense of like the, like the boldness of the right. Why can't we be bold? It's so odd to me. It's like when Milo Yiannopoulos, who I know is a fascist weirdo, ex-gay, whatever he is now, when he said the right wing, you know, we're the new punks, I kind of understood that because there is this daringness. The fact that Trump dared to stand and then he won, even, you know, in Italy, oh God, maybe 10, 15 years ago now, the five star movement, it was those huge disaffection with politics in Italy and a comedian stood and said, look, fuck these people. They're all liars, all of them. I'm going to come in, I'm going to do X, Y, Z. And he, it was kind of technocratic. He said, I'm going to get some experts in. Obviously, I don't exactly believe in that. But it showed like he came out of nowhere. 
He'd started the party yeah. like years before. Like you can do it. It's demonstrated all the time. Why won't you do it? I think I'm just much more skeptical on this question. I think electoral bourgeois electoral politics have never delivered socialism in any kind of meaningful way. No, but to have some social democratic basic reforms like a Scandinavian country is all I'm thinking of. The only reason Scandinavia had those reforms is because they found a fuck ton of oil in their ocean. We used to be more rich than them and we didn't have them. So it is about a culture and history of a, a country. Yeah. What I'm saying is that, I mean, I start to think, do because a lot of young people would vote for these things. Is it going to be like once the boomers are dead? then we can have a real left-wing party elected? Oh, no. The G- Gen Z are going to be full-blown fascists. They're, like, much <laughs> more conservative. Being left is... Being a liberal is, like, the most disgusting, uncool thing you could possibly be. Like, but we're this heading... makes another case for why we need to have a left-wing socialist party that is different from just fucking, like, abject liberalism, like, emptiness. Yeah, I don't think any of that is possible in, like, the the... The Anglosphere countries. But what about as a pressure group like UKIP? Like the like they know they're not gonna win the election, but the point is to pressure other parties. They attempted that in um the US with a wolf pack that was Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, Rashida Tlaib, all these people in the Democratic Party. Okay. That 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 was the intention, was that we were gonna push it further to the left. And they were, of course, were just absorbed into the Democratic Party. Oh. So I just, I don't believe in electoral politics and never have and don't think it's possible. And I think we'll never have like a revolution, like I'm not a lunatic. I don't believe you can have a revolution through the ballot box either, simply. However, whilst that is still the system we've got and exists, I do wish people would make better decisions within that system who are the big players and just have some guts. Because these people would... Like, they would do anything to screw you over and you're still loyal to them. Yeah. Like, I'm surprised, like, Jeremy Corbyn's family pet wasn't found, like, swinging from the garden fence. Yeah, I think that... I don't think it's possible to have socialism in the global north in a way that makes any sense. It's like these imperial powers. I don't... I think you could have some basic social democratic reforms. But honestly, I just try and support things that are going on in the global south and i have absolutely no hope whatsoever for anything that happens in the global north i don't have any illusions i'm I'm not i'm not trying to be cynical i just don't think it exists and it never has never will i largely i agree but again i'm just asking for crumbs here yeah all right i'm asking for some basic social democracy and things actually most people support most people support for education most people support rent controls yeah so if a organization came along that wasn't Labour Party, whether it existed, that in how it existed was it actually just pressured Labour into being more left-wing because they were a critical outsider, mm. showing my Trotskyist tendencies here. Yeah, you are. <laughs> or they might win. I just think if a, if a random comedian in Italy can win, yeah. why can't serious political contenders? I mean, I know why. Yeah. <laughs> I know why. <laughs> because they'd uh, destroy you before letting it happen. Anyway, thank you very much for listening to our political rant today. Yeah, thank you. And, uh, you know, do you subscribe in all the places you can subscribe and so on. All right. All right. Bye. Bye.